Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. And now, shut up and sit down. Hey, it's Christopher, and welcome to Geekologist Radio. Uh, we're going to do a special uh, podcast this week. We're going to do our take and our reactions to the Star Wars trailer that occurred yesterday. Uh, it's the second trailer in uh, for this series, and super excited. And from all we gather, probably the last, potentially. Uh, on this podcast, we've got uh, Beef Outs. What's going on, everybody? And a special guest who's been on previous Star Wars episodes, Big D. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Happy to uh, happy to join in today. He also has a awesome article on GeekologistRadio.com about Star Wars. Very, very Correct. cool. Yeah, I'm still holding true to all that stuff in there. Didn't change with this trailer. No, Big D's got some theories, um, and I think some of the stuff might build upon some of those theories, which is awesome. Um, and we're for sure going to have him on when it comes to uh, our review of this fine episode. So let's see it digging into it. What we're going to do is we're going to go bit for bit. Um, we're going to talk about some of the voiceover stuff, uh, what we saw in the scenes, what our thoughts were, and then give some of our reactions to them. Um, and initially, the the first scene opens up, uh, and you have a voiceover, and the voiceover is Snoke saying, "When I found you, I saw raw, untamed power, and beyond that, something truly special." And the opening scene has Kylo Ren. And Ren is looking over what looks to be uh, the Imperial shipyard that is on the Supremacy. Okay, first, I don't think he's talking to Kylo. I think he's talking to Rey. Oh, no, I, I didn't say who he's talking to. I just said they cut the scene. But I mean, just from the visuals, <laughs> from the visuals of the actual trailer, because you hear him talking, then all of a sudden you see Kylo Ren the entire time, you know, right there in the beginning of it before then it goes into raise half i don't think he's talking to kylo ren when he's saying these things because he didn't find him you know he was born a skywalker basically mm-hmm. yeah he you had like this what this trailer is and and for all of us i think what we this is smoke and mirrors and a lot of head and and jukin and bob and, and weave and uh, they just kind of mix and mingle scenes and cut because they don't want to give you give away the story, but they also want to give you a generalized idea of what the plot is. I mean, you want to have a kind of a sense of where this is going. And the opening scene with the voiceover, with a lot of the voiceovers, uh, I don't think they go or follow with exactly the scene that they're intended to, you know, that's being shown. So people could be taking it. I think when, when the director came out and said, hey, don't watch this because you're going to be spoiled on everything that's going on, I, I think that was much, much more of an overstatement than what, what actually occurred, at least for me. Yeah, and, you know, everything that we say today, I, I think, has to be prefaced with the fact that um, we clearly have some very clever and well-thought-out misdirection. Uh, we saw it in the last trailer a little bit, which, you know, in my opinion, with Luke saying the Jedi must end, that does not signal that this is the end of the Jedi and, and the title of The Last Jedi is not referring to. And this is it forever, but just that, you know, Luke happens to be the last one at this moment, but but they'll rebuild. I think Rey will be trained as a Jedi, but great misdirection to put that in there to end because it leaves you hanging on that. Um you know, there's there's room for a lot of that going in there. So everything that you see and that you think you see, it certainly could be Snoke talking to Rey. It could very well be Snoke talking to Kylo Ren. The sure. parallels between those two of them are, are in place. So you don't know, but it's it's fun to kind of walk down those paths and, and see, well, if he's talking about Rey, what does that mean? If he's talking about Kylo Ren, what does that mean? So uh, hopefully we'll get into a little bit of that tonight. I think where the confusion lies and or where it kind of walk and skirts that line is Kylo Ren to Luke Skywalker was that untamed power. He was um, somebody that was part uh, Skywalker, yet part force, uh, you know, force sensitive. So he's he's a combination of both. And then for Snoke, the untamed power is the fact that Kylo is light and dark. And that's the ultimate. But then Luke sees Rey, and we'll get to that a little bit later, and you can, again, see that untamed power, so that it, it's really scary, and it, it's it's really kind of confusing to him. Like, I, you know, twice in, in a short period of time, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, like we were talking about, the Supremacy, just for those who don't know, is uh, Supreme Leader Snoke's ship, 
Uh, it is roughly about 60,000 meters long, which is equivalent to the Death Star. So this isn't like a small little area. And it houses all of the Imperial shipyard. Like it houses those uh, ATM-6s and the AT-ATs, as well as any of the ships and Kylo ships. So this thing is huge. It's it's monstrous. Um, and that's where a lot of action takes place. So this is going to be uh, one of the areas like Crate and like Atu that's going to ha- be a, a big name player in this whole entire series. The uh, the next scene cuts to those ATM-6s on Crate. And the first thing I noticed about the ATM-6s, did you see the sharpness that they had on the legs so that those ropes could not come back around and try to trip them up again? They are armored. Armored. They learned. They are a size and a half bigger than those AT-ATs. Yeah, and did you see the other AT-ATs intermingled in there as well, just so that you could see the difference in scale? Oh, I yeah. That was a nice that was a nice way to go with that. It's a nice touch, and you can see Kylo's ship in the background of that scene, so they're entering Crate. Like, it's almost like they're on a march to whatever that they're going to, going to attack. And for those who don't know a lot about Crate, it's a former Rebel Alliance outpost. And apparently whatever it houses or whatever type of minerals it houses are very, very valuable, not only to the rebellion, but also to the Imperials. So it's a really big deal. Um, Once that scene cuts, you, you, it kind of pans to a scene that I thought, and I talked to big D about this earlier. It it shows Kylo walking in with the stormtroopers with those snow troopers. And it's very, very similar to Anakin's March in from revenge of the Sith. In, when he walks into the Jedi Temple, it's the same, like, it's literally just a reverse angle cut of the same exact scene in that really big triangle where he's leading the troops. I thought it was a really nice touch to make a callback, especially to Anakin. Yeah, and the, and the parallels between those characters, both being fallen Jedi who, you know, turn and, and do unspeakable things and commit murder against people that they used to be defending, uh, you know, that's that's... That's a nice touch. Now you see Kylo, which looks to be in uh, again on the supremacy, and he's probably training what looks to be with the Praetorian guards because you can see them in the background. And I have a feeling he's Snoke is training him in this scene, and it's always it's like go again, go again because he lost to Rey, and for Snoke, he didn't think that he thought he had a winner here in in Kylo Ren, and all of a sudden he got taken by. Not only a, a person he had no idea that was there, uh, but also um, somebody who took him down, which is like, you know, his poster child. It's almost like somebody taking down Vader, you know? With absolutely no training. No. Yeah, and if you remember in the making of trailer that they came out with over the summer, there was a scene where Adam Driver was training with two guys coming at him. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that was him practicing his fight scenes for his training with the Praetorian Guard in that uh, in the throne room. That's actually a really good call. Um, I like this scene because it gives you kind of a, a context of where we're at in the story. One, Kylo still has his mask on, which we find out later. It may not be the case, so this is very early on. Um, two, it gives you a very clear picture of his saber, and I mean, they go right down on that hill, like, pan, right on it. And this morning... I was all excited because, like, my, my kid sees the trailer for the first time. He's like, that's Vader's sword. And I got excited, too. Um, and then the more and more we're looking at it, we uh, Big D, you had a discussion in Discord. I was talking to uh, one of my best friends back home, uh, Ron, about this. And he was like, no, no, JJ said that that was destroyed in in that's gone. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it isn't. Maybe he's lying. And But uh, when we look at it, it really is the same one that he had prior. prior. You can see the, the outstretched, yeah, the cross guard on it. Um, but man, is it really a ode to the, the lightsaber that Vader had? Because when my son brought out yeah. the book and showed it to me, I mean, that base is beat for beat. Like it's really close. So, uh, it might just be, you know, an homage to grandpa. Yeah. He, I mean, even in the last movie, he idolized Vader everything to the point that he had somehow managed to find Vader's mask. And I still don't understand how that survived if the lightsaber didn't. True. True, and um, I it it's that's why, you know, they found Luke's saber too, and you know, there's no reason that Luke's saber should be there. So I it I'm still, I'm still thinking that there's an, a possibility, but I, mean, I it might not just 
make the story go any further so that it just might be, you know, part of lore or whatever not. Um, the next voiceover uh, is Ray, and you hear Ray saying that this whole thing inside of me has always been there. Then I was awake, and I need help. So you see her with her lightsaber, and she's she just kind of clicks it on, and it's like, oh, so there's training. There's some training that's going to be going on, which is really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't wait to watch that. In fact, what I really hope is that we, um, maybe not quite Rocky style, but I would love to see cuts bet- going back and forth between the, the training regiments of Kylo Ren and mm-hmm. of Rey, you know, go- going in and watching the, the parallels between the two of them training. Um, I don't think it needs like an 80s song in the background or anything like that, but uh, but I would like to see a little bit of of uh, the parallels between the, the two training styles. The regiment would be really, really cool. You get a very nice pan shot of Octu, like they do that they, they do that top-down view and do the whole entire island, which I think is really cool. I think it's even better because I feel like that island won't be there by the time this show, by the time this movie's over with. So you're gonna get a nice view of that and then it's gonna be gone. Now are you meaning that you want to see Luke training Kylo back in the day? Or do you want to see Kylo training with Snoke currently? Yes. I, w- I want to see Snoke training Kylo Ren because we talked about how, you know, in the end of the last movie, that Snoke kind of said, okay, look, Starkiller base is blowing up. Whatever. It's fine. Come back to me. I'm going to complete your training. Okay. And then Ray's here ready to start her training. So, you know, seeing how they both take to the leadership of, of kind of the old guard and, and take, you know, the new guard taking up arms and taking the lead in the fight. Um, I think that'll be interesting. You, you see Luke's reluctance, which the look on his face, I, I know I'm skipping ahead in the trailer a touch, but the look on his face when she shatters the rock behind her that she's standing on uh, and, and that shock and surprise and, and fear is... I can't wait to see how they delve into Luke's emotions training her. I don't think the rock shatters when she's standing. If you look at the first trailer that we got a while back, you see Ray touching the ground and you see the rock start levitating. I think at that point is when the the ground cracks open like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's two different scenes and it's just clever editing to make it look like when she swung the lightsaber at the rock dummy that it made it so powerful that it cracked the ground while she was standing there. But I don't think that's the case. I think it's just misdirection. I think it's good. Yeah, I, I, was I think s- you're correct. Yeah, I think it's a good call on your part, Big D, because they they we've never seen uh, a Sith Lord trained. We've We've seen Jedi trained, but we've never seen a Sith Lord trained. So it would be awesome to see a Sith trained in, you know, the ways of the dark side. It would be mm-hmm. it would be kind of cool. It'd be definitely a different twist because we've saw Obi-Wan train. We've seen Anakin train. We've seen Luke trained. We've never seen. I mean, we didn't see Vader turn into, uh, you know, a Sith aside from like we saw the conversion, but then we never saw him trained after that with the uh, the Emperor. So I think it would be. We never seen him get his Vader, uh, his Vader, powers. his Vader powers. You can see her handing Luke the sword or his his hilt uh, and he looks at it and he's just kind of really blown away and I think the reason he's blown away is because the last time he saw this his hand was being cut off on Thespin when he had that in <laughs> when it's being cut, cut away so like he, it's like he it, he it reminds me of how Ben was but like a more aloof Ben an old Ben Kenobi like I don't even dude I left because I don't want to deal with this anymore like do I have to continue to do this i don't want to be a jedi anymore like i don't want to have to train anybody i don't want to have to do any of this not only that but also oh my gosh i dropped my daughter off on jakku Mm. so many years ago and not Mm. only does she show back up but also with this long lost lightsaber yes uh, i think there's a little of that going on in there too i would disagree with that me too uh, I think th- I think that there's there's a little bit more, but we'll we'll dig into that um, farther down into the scenes. Um, the next scene is you see her walking towards the mist and towards the tree. We know that those that tree stump is where the book of uh, it, uh, I say the book of wills. It's not the book of wills. Um, it's the uh, oh I'm I'm 
I'm lost my journal of the wills. That's the word I was looking for. I couldn't think of the word journal. It's a journal of the wills. Um, and in that scene is the same tree scene that you were talking about, Big D, where uh, Luke says to her, "You know, the Jedi need the Jedi must die." Like that's that's in the, in that scene is where he walks out of that tree stump and says that. So that's in that same area. But she's walking up towards it, uh, and then that's when and they pan right on the the journal of the wills again. She looks at it. He saw it. They showed it in the last episode, and it's the same symbol. That is the one that was in the trailer as well as the poster between Kylo and Luke with the with the straight half. So you get a you right. get a big sense that this was important, and this is probably the thing that Luke saved out of that Jedi Temple uh, when he had that that group that Kylo took down. This is the one thing he took with him. So you know it is very important. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think of that. I kind of thought of it as having been in that old temple where he is now in Octu, but yeah, I like that. She takes a look at it and kind of has that big thing. And then you see that she's doing the, the scene that you see her doing the sword scene is completely the empire strikes back when Luke goes, when Luke's goes to Dagobah and is doing his sword training, right? Like you, because they did that pan shot where he's out by himself and, She's doing that scene and she cuts it right to that rock and stops. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, first, it's the blue <laughs> saber. He's letting her use it. It's really cool. And then when she is doing like, it's almost like she's supposed to raise the rock. Remember the rock where he has him raise the ship out from the water? Yeah. And that's what she's doing. And then she cracks the rock behind him. And that oh shit look on Luke's face was priceless. Like, oh, oh, she's. He was scared. There's a lot of power here. And it's a little, it's a little much for me. Um, and this is when he cuts to the scene where he says, I've seen, uh, this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough. Then it does now. And you see that Jedi Seder, uh, in the background, that symbol in the background when he, when he makes that statement to me, this could go one of two ways. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, so I'll let you, you'll have a discussion first and then I'll tell you what I think. Okay. I hear what you're saying that it could go a couple of ways because I think that he, Luke is going to be very reluctant to train Ray in the first place. Mm-hmm. I think that he could cease training her at that point and say I'm out. I think that in the end he'll he'll be back on team Ray. Uh I I don't think that he'll permanently abandon her, but I think for a little while at the very least I think he's going to want out because of the fear of of losing yet another student to the dark side and somebody so powerful, he, sure. you know, he doesn't want to be any part of that again. Sure. When I saw this, um, and this could branch the, well, now this is a third way now that you're talking about that. So one, this is where the training ceases almost like in the empire strikes back. She has to go to crate to fight that battle. And then she has to come back to Luke in order to finish up her training. So like that could be one route, you know, where she does the whole, I have to, I, I've only started my training, but I have to go, but I'll be back. I promise. Then there's just like Luke, just did. like Luke did. There's him saying that he saw this raw strength before, meaning he saw it in Kylo Ren and now he sees it in her. Mm-hmm. Or this could be, I've seen this raw strength before and I wasn't scared then, but I am now because he saw it in emperor. Uh, when he, when he saw it in the emperor and at that point he didn't know any better. So he wasn't scared going into the fight with Vader and the emperor. And now he knows better. And he's really afraid of the dark side. He's really afraid after seeing what Kylo's done. He doesn't, he, he really, if Kylo is the untamed, you know, or un, unhinged power and Snoke had anything to do with that, he's terrified of that. Okay. So these three th- scenes are going to be in the first 10 minutes of the movie, in my opinion. Now, first you see Ray hand Luke the lightsaber and then there's going to be a small discussion between them. And Luke is going to test Ray, and that's where you see her crouched on the rock, trying to move the rocks with just the force. Then she's going to crack the rock underneath her, and then that's when it's going to cut to Luke saying that he's scared shitless of her. And then she has to pretty much convince him then in order to train her. I don't think she's going to leave and then come back. I, I think that he's initially just going to say, no, I'm not training you. And then she's going to convince him. This could be the scene where she says to him that I felt this inside of me, like that part, like yes. where she has that conversation and that could be the talk. Um, I, so I, I think see that. most of that stuff 
is in the first 15, 20 minutes most. Sure. Sure. Um, the next scene that you see is Luke's hand coming out of the wreckage. Now, the, if, if you recall, this is the, the vision that Ray had of Kylo burning down, you know, and, and that picture, the, the temple, and you seeing Luke put his hand on R2. So you see, you see his hand come out of the wreckage, which, first of all, if, if you look at some of the lore for Kylo Ren, he's known as the Jedi Killer because he took out all of the, the people that Luke was training. And at one point, Kylo believed that he actually had taken out Luke Skywalker. Like, he doesn't know that... He didn't know Luke was alive. Luke came out of that wreckage, him not knowing, I think, that he was alive at that point. Um, and so when he comes out, you see the metal hand, which is the part where his hand now does not have the glove and everything is missing. And you can see him, like, stagger and almost, like, go down to his knees and hold on to R2, like, because he's been so battered and he's so torn and, and hurt, almost to hold himself up. Like, that's why he puts his hand on R2. And he watches the building and the temple that he created burn to the ground. Do you think it could be the same type of reaction that Yoda had um, in, was it, the Clone Wars, where he felt everybody dying because of Order 66? Yep. You see Yoda kind of just grab his chest and, like, almost collapse because of the same thing. I think the the weight of all of those deaths being on his hands because he put so much trust in a family member is too much for him to bear. And that's the reason why he bailed and he doesn't want to have to put it. He, he, he refuses to put his trust into anybody else again. If he has to give him himself, it's too much. And so that's why he's so resistant to Ray. Um, the next scene is probably my favorite. And that's first you get, the mask and you get to see Kylo Ren again with the mask. He's again, still early in the movie because he, the mask is still on. Um, and then you have the voiceover, the let it, let the past die, kill it. If you have to, it's the only way to become what you were meant to be. And then you see Kylo in his new tie silencer. And that thing is awesome. Yeah. And he's he smash. He takes that, the mask and at the next scene is, and just crushes it, which for me, this is the part where I think Kylo is breaking away from Snoke because this is the part where he becomes human. If that mask is crushed, he's no longer Darth Vader anymore or trying to be Darth Vader and seeing his face at all times makes him more humanized. I agree. And he's trying to start to kind of go his own path. You know, I think this is also, by the way, a good point to interject at just how absolutely gorgeous this movie is going to be. Because you were talking about watching Kylo Ren, you know, twisting and flying, or you know, in that huge epic space battle, um, just beat after beat in this trailer were so visually stunning and so different for Star Wars, but it still fit. You know, when you look at those mineral foxes or whatever those were that were standing outside of the base and crate, yeah. or uh, flying down underneath what I would think is inside of of the planet with the millennium falcon you know there were so many scenes that were just so visually striking um i can't wait to see it when kylo's flying i think the one thing that can't be lost on any of us is remember who his dad is and his dad can fly that falcon so he's got some training in him like he knows how to fly a ship it's almost it's it's just like when anakin was a kid which again anakin can fly a ship so can you know ben and it's it, I you just see the the lineage, which is when I when I saw him fly that and it did that twist. I'm like, oh, that's just like the Falcon when when Han like did you know would do a, a complete flip and then fly through a space. So mm-hmm. I thought also it was so Ray when Ray was flying the Falcon in uh, Episode Seven. Yeah, when they pan to Leia again, another callback scene, the scene between Luke and Darth. Where at the end of um, a new hope, and they're ta- they're talking to each other through the, through the force. You know what I mean? They can they can sense yes. each other. The same exact thing. Uh, ben Kylo can sense his mom, and she can sense him. And it's one of those things like, do I? Don't I? And you don't know what's happening at first, and then you can see the the next scene from her is a almost like a panic, like almost like somebody who's so scared. Like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do in his face? And then you see this, the ship and you see right where she's standing 
and he's got his target right on it. All he has to do is pull the trigger. Yeah, and and this is one of those points in the trailer also where, first of all, I can't imagine that they would take a plot point like he kills Leia and just put it blatantly in the trailer like that. I think that, that he's going to hold off this time. I think he's going to be trying to psych himself up to do it, but I don't think he will. But, you know, there isn't enough clever editing in the world to make it look like he's about to kill his mom, but he really isn't in the movie. I mean, you see the that he's targeting the... Um, you know the deck of the ship that she's on it's mm-hmm. it's very clear like that that's what's going on there but you know i i think he's going to shy off the problem i have with this scene is very early on into production of 8 they flat out said that leia would have a huge role in 9 yeah so you know she's not dead in this scene right. And they yeah. they flat out said that they did not want to just say, okay, yeah, we're just going to kill her off like this. Mm-hmm. They're going to send her out in a very special way to honor her legacy as our princess, Princess Leia. Yeah. But I, the I, question is, does he even fire? I mean, because mm-hmm. you could have him try to kill her and try not. What if his not pulling the trigger on there then leads to the scene of him smashing his helmet because he couldn't bring himself to do it? That's true. I could see he's that. questioning what's mm-hmm. going on. Or feeling her, or her, her, her sense of the force, maybe drawing him back to that side. It, that like she could be without speaking with him, could be pulling him closer to the light. Like they're still good in you. They're still good in you. They're still good in you. That you know, the same theme that goes on in, in most of the Star Wars. She could be emanating her own pain for not only the loss of her son to the dark side, but for the loss of Han as well. And if he's sensing that, it could be throwing everything about him off balance. Even more so than what it already is. It's it's pretty intense. The next scene is, oh, my favorite ship in the whole entire world is flying through the middle of crate, and you can see the crystals. And then the darling of last night's entire the porg, ah, that thing is, <laughs> that thing is awesome. Like the porg is freaking awesome. You see Chewie on the left, which is what I was going to talk to you guys about earlier. Who's driving the plane? We don't know. Right. Uh, we, do, we don't know. The, the reason I say Ray is because Ray and Chewie and R2 went to Octu to meet uh, Luke. But they left. She stayed to train. So right. why, I like your idea because she has to go back to Crate anyway. And she's going to come and fight. She's she will be in this battle. She will be in this fight. So that could be her. And that porg was on Octu. So they, they showed scenes with the porg on Octu in the last in the last trailer. Why do you say they left? Uh because I don't think they would stay for her training. Just I, to I, me, I, I think agree with that. I, I think a training like if, if she was going to train as a Jedi, it's in. I don't know, solitude and private. Like, I, I just don't think it, it involves other people around. I could see R2-D2 staying, but I don't see Chewie staying. No, no. And Chewie is always the co-pilot, so there's got to be a pilot of that Millennium Falcon. I know that it's hers, but I'm I'm just curious if she's the one flying it. I, I hope so. Like, that would be awesome. It would actually make a lot of sense um, if she was piloting it, because then it would kind of coincide with everything else that's going on with the storyline. But... Yeah, you see, the next scene you see is uh, a voiceover for Poe Dameron, and it says we have the spark that will light the fire that will burn the First Order down. And so you know he's leading that charge. He's not on crate. He's leading the charge against the Supremacy. Like, right. because there's two different battles, and it's the same thing as the first, uh, when we saw um, the, what was the, I'm, I'm blanking now, the last um, what was the the in between episode or the in between Rogue One? Rogue One. There you go. Pardon me. I'm totally mind mind farted that one. But Rogue mm-hmm. One. Rogue One had two different things going on at the same exact time. This movie's going to have the same exact thing. You're going to have one in the air, one in the ground. So one will be in crate, one will be up in the air against the supremacy because they've got to make an attack on Snoke. It's almost like taking down another Death Star. You know what I mean? So that they're going to go there, and we know that they're going to go to the supremacy because we know that uh, Finn and Rose are on a secretive mission to get on the supremacy in order to take it down. Yes. Okay. I got a theory about this. So 
we're going to see the opening is going to be most of Ray's training. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to cut to Poe and Finn after he wakes up from his medical coma or whatever it is he's in. Yep. Um, they're going to go to the supremacy. Finn will get captured. Ray's going to detect it using the force that he's in danger. And then she's going to leave just like Luke did to go help her friends. Even though Yoda said no, she's going to go anyways just like Luke did. This is basically Luke's story all over again. Uh, it feels like it. It feels an awful lot like it. And you get a you get a really nice glimpse here as they're flying by on this scene of Poe's new X-Wing. That thing's awesome mm-hmm. looking. Yeah, it's pretty great. It has that new booster on the back. Yep. And he's just blasting through space ready to wreck some more shot. When you get a ne- the next scene, it's Phasma and she whips out her new staff. And then you see um, Finn and he just yells, come on. And he's got... Uh, the Z six riot patrol battalion that has the that almost when I first saw it I thought it was a lightsaber like I honestly like because it was so fast it was the first time I'd, I'd watched it the second time you see it whip open you see the electrical come around it and then you realize okay it's not a lightsaber um but I was nervous at first I'm like wait a heck, why why is he is he force sensitive too like can he have a does he have a saber why is he going against her and in the background you can see everything you can see all of those uh all of the ships. That we were talking about earlier. So um, the ATM6s are in the background. The AT-ATs are in the background. You can see those all blowing up. And if you remember the previous um, trailer, that's the one that Poe was running away from the ship. Like, and, and the explosions were coming in around in the background. So that mm-hmm. was on. We didn't know where that was at. That's on the Supremacy. So that's that's where this is all going down. And that new outfit from Phasma, man. I don't know if it's. it looks. It might be the same looking outfit, but the, it's shiny. It looks a lot different just on camera. And then it didn't. No, the other one was shiny as well. Was it? It was chromed out. This thing. Oh, yeah. It it was chromed. uh, To me, it just looked a lot different. You can also see a couple of um, stormtroopers in the background taking taking people out in the background while they're fighting. So there's a lot of action going on. Yeah. And this has to be later in the movie, right? Because you see the supremacy is just blowing up all around them. So luckily, Finn is looks like he was successful in the mission that he and Rose were on. you know how Poe gets involved and gets onto the ship. Who knows? It's it's hard to say. I'm curious to see how it goes down. Then you have the uh, the scene, which is another question mark scene. Um, it's Luke. Um, he's soaking wet, and he says, "This is not going to go the way you think it is." And there's a big question on who he's speaking to. The, to me, this looks like him down on the ground talking to um kylo letting him know this this is not going to go the way you think it's going to go snoke will turn his back on you it could be another thought though if you look then when ray dives into the water Mm -hmm. and comes back out Mm -hmm. and it's a dark raining night and luke is wearing the same outfit and it's the same kind of rainy uh, night and the same look to it I think it, it's part of that same scene. Okay. So my question is, is this when uh, Kylo Ren finally catches up, or at least the First Order finally catch up with Luke on Octu? Because you know that they kind of are, are still looking for him, and you know that at some point they're going to catch up with him and, and figure out where he's at. So I think that there's definitely going to be an attack on Octu. Yeah, to the way that you're talking about it, Big D, I mean, it could be him saying to her, you know, I understand that you want to be a Jedi because you think that whatever you're going to get out of this is going to help you fight the war, but this isn't going to go the way that you think it's going to go. Because good never ends up winning anyway. Everybody ends up, it's just a cycle. And we just do this all over again. Exactly. And we just do this all over again. And it could be just him being a gray, the gray Jedi saying, you know, it doesn't matter if it's light, dark, doesn't matter. I, like nobody's going to win this thing. And that could be the conversation. So it could be that too. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. The way the way that you're describing it when he has that conversation, um, we talk about your snow dogs or the ice dogs running in, and we know that they're running into the the base that Leia is at because we see her eventually walk out to the edge of that and take a look. And again, this is all on crate. Um, she's standing out with just kind of like that look of sadness and sorrow, knowing what's coming. Because I think this is the part where. Kylo's ships and everything is coming at them, like initially on crate, and so she knows that they're all coming to attack. And they might not be in the space version of it now. This is on the ground, but she's gone from one place to another place. I, at least, I think from the way this looks. 
Yeah, it's it's hard to say. That could be. I don't know. I'm not sure what to make of it. It's hard to tell. Um, You see Ray go in the water, and when she comes up in the water, I think this is the part you're talking about. She sees, like, that mist version of, like, Luke. And it reminded me of, remember when Luke saw, uh, when he was training, and he saw that ghost of Vader with the mask that, like, came off and it was himself? That's what it, yeah. that's totally what it reminded, reminds me of when I see this. So I'm kind of hoping secretly that there's some force ghosts someplace in this on up two. And this is the part where we get to see Anakin or, or something to that effect. Um, you see the next scene really quickly. They show Finn walking in. It looks like in cuffs. So we know this is earlier than the phasma scene. And this is where he's infiltrating. And that gorgeous gorgeous picture of the supremacy with all of the stormtroopers and the first order all standing there it is beautiful on the inside my god does this not look like the the original trilogy <laughs> because yeah, no i mean it is just on point and in the back corner of the left and on the right because i have this freeze frame right now you can see those uh at uh sixes and you can also see the ATATs. i mean and they're standing with room I mean, there is room in that ship on the top ceiling. There, and those things are double the size of the ATATs. So this thing is huge. Yeah. Um, you know, we just talked about Ray diving in the water. So before I forget, if you go back to that in your video and you take a look in the bottom right corner, you'll see the skull of a large sea creature as she's diving under the water, which is interesting. We we'd heard kind of rumors that there were some big things living in the water around Doc 2. Um, so that was kind of neat to see that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, the next scene is the uh, continuation of that scene on Crate with um, with the 80s and the ships. And we saw this scene previously when we saw the those uh, fighter planes that were dragging on the ground that were pulling up the red dust because of the salt that's on Crate. Um, so uh, we got a sense. And then finally you see Snoke and he's got his hand reached out and you're like, Oh crap, that guy's not a hologram. It's the real deal. And he's just as tiny and as old and wrinkly as the emperor. (laughs) And he calls out the same line that the emperor calls out. Fulfill your destiny. Yes. Oh man. That line is so iconic. And when he's reaching out, he's got Ray and he's got her in that force freeze that Kylo had in the the first one where everybody was like, oh, shit. Like, I, that's what I said when he first forged froze that guy. I'm like, I didn't yeah. even know that was possible. But when he when um, Kylo does it, so first of all, we know that um, Snoke trained Kylo into doing that. You know, he's he trained him on that. So that's how Kylo knows how to do that for one. And two, when Kylo does it, they're not in pain. When Snoke does it, she's in agony on this. The theories, there's a couple of theories on what's going on here. And again, you can see the, he has all of those guards in the background again. So the Praetorian guards are in the background. One's on the right hand side. So, you know, they're in his throne room because you can see his throne sitting in the background. I'll let you guys discuss what your thoughts are on this scene. I've got a few myself. I'm having a hard time kind of figuring out where it fits into everything, to be honest with you. Uh, And this is where we sort of get into, you know, Ryan Johnson made a statement today Mm -hmm. and he said that at least for the past year, they've been having conversations about, okay, what are the completely untouchable topics and parts of the movie that we can't include in any promotional materials or trailers or anything? And this is the list that's just untouchable. Everything else, you can hint at some things and whatever. Um, And you know that they have those kind of conversations, obviously. So if you notice, like Fout said, a lot of the things that are in this trailer seem to be happening very early in the movie. And then there are a few things around a couple of, you know, locations that we know are going to happen. But how do we go from Ray training on Octu to being in Snoke's throne room? I don't know. That, you know, we don't have enough pieces to, at least I don't have enough pieces to piece together a, a workable theory. Maybe you guys have something that, that I don't, but uh, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are. Finn and Poe go to the supremacy to try and sabotage the ship. Finn gets captured. Ray senses it. Ray goes to save Finn. 
and ends up inside the chamber with Snoke, and Snoke is torturing her, trying to take her on as an apprentice, because Kylo was a weak little punk and got beat by an untrained girl. Um, so does that leave the door open for Luke to show up in a, in a hero moment at the end and, and say, yes. I have to... I have to take my role in the fight. I don't know. And then Luke will fight Snoke and Luke will die. Mm, I don't think Luke dies yet. I think he makes it to 10. They can't lose Leia and Luke in the same same episode. I, I, it would be too much. You'd lose a lot of fans. Or you'd have a lot of upset fans. I don't think you'd lose fans, but you'd have a lot of upset people. Um, there, there, There's a couple of rumors of what, what this is, what this scene is, is kind of showing. One is that uh, Ray is having her force energy drained by Snoke in order to rejuvenate her, rejuvenate him, like because he's old to be younger. You know, he's, he's yeah. trying to drain her for, her her life force from her, uh, which is possible. Um, I guess in Star Wars lore, um, I'm I'm just going to take that as fact. I I'm not 100 percent positive on that. Um, and uh, the other one was what uh, Fouts was talking about and the fact that he's trying to turn Ray to the dark side through torture. So it could be one of two things. Could be something else completely. Uh, but those are the fan theories. Uh, of what's going on the one about draining uh the life uh her her energy is the one that's kind of there's a lot of charge behind it like there's a lot of people that are piecing things together that make it seem like that that's the case because she has some such untamed power she has excess of so much that you know if you even if you drained her she would still be a good apprentice so he could take what he needs and then and by taking that could have her under his control because she she wouldn't be quite as strong as she is, as she is, and he would be able to control her. So, if that's the case, that would be kind of a cool theory. Um, I don't know about Luke showing up at the end. I, do, I, I really feel like he's a coward in this one. I really do. I don't. There's nothing right now that says to me that Luke is a very strong person anymore, or is mentally capable of handling what's going on. I just think he's a very downbeaten, downtrodden guy who got beat by a young kid who he realizes is much stronger than he is. And at this point, he's such uh, Switzerland that he just doesn't want to deal with it. Like, he does, he's like, I don't care about the light. I don't care about the dark. I just, I don't want to deal with any of it. Like, just, you guys figure it out. I'll stay on my island by myself and don't let anybody bother me. I don't think that Kylo is stronger than Luke. Now, I believe that he lost that fight to Kylo because of the whole family member thing, and he's already been through that once before with Vader, and he flat out said, I don't want to kill you because you're my father, and I can see the good in you. Now, Kylo hasn't changed all the way to the dark side, and that's why I believe Luke never actually finished the job. But I don't think that Kylo actually beat Luke hand-to-hand. Hmm. There's also a heavy rumor going around that the reason why... Ray has such untamed power is because she is a lineage to Snoke. Didn't I tell you that last night? So there's 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 a very heavy rumor that that's the case. And be, and when Luke says I like where like basically he doesn't recognize it, it's because it's not like there's no way she should have that. So the only way she has that is from somebody else. And her untamed power or untamed could be from the dark side or through through Snoke. That seems like a little far-fetched, like why he wouldn't groom her himself um, and put her where she was and why, you know, why was she there by herself? Why was she a slave? All of that stuff seems a little far-fetched for me, but... I have a theory to support that. Snoke impregnated Anakin's mother through the Force, thus giving birth to Anakin. I think Snoke did the same thing with Rey's mother. And so, technically, that would make Ray Luke's aunt. Yes, I I don't think it Luke. I I and that's why there's so much power there. The whole theory that the, the these are kids of Luke and all this other stuff. I don't. That's not even close. And the fact that Leia would not know Ray and not know that she had a twin daughter. That's all far fetched right. too. So like, it doesn't. That doesn't make any sense to me either. It'd be like telling you, okay, well, Han had no clue that he had a daughter. Why would Why would Leia do that to him? Like, it doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. At that point, when when they did have she, they if they were to have twins at that moment, they were at a place where they didn't have to worry about any forces coming against them. They they were in a, in a good space at that point, so that doesn't make any yeah, sense. 
any sense Han at all. didn't take off until after uh, Kylo turned to the dark side, right? Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, uh, Correct. Yeah. Okay. I I mean, I'm trying to remember back to the movie, but I don't I don't think that she's a lineage to a Skywalker. I just I I, I don't believe that at all. Nope. It's too too clean cut for me, and it would make too much sense, and it just is it's too cookie cutter, at least for this. The last scene is the is the big one, um, and it's the one where Ray is it says that I need someone to show me my place in all of this, and you see her reaching out, and you also see Kylo kind of giving out his hand, like she has that conversation, and Kylo gives out his hand. It gives the impression that it's all occurring in the same scene. Although Big D, I think you have something to say about that. Yeah, I so I definitely think it's misdirection and I think it's very clever, much like you know Luke at the end of the last one saying the Jedi are need to come to an end. I don't think that he's going to be in that place. Uh you know, I I also think that this is not the two of them talking together. It's cleverly cut and it's very similar, but if you take a look at the reflection on their faces. So you look at Kylo's face first and you see that there's flames behind him and it's dark and, and his face is partially lit by that flame light and, uh, and it's flickering and you can tell that it's light from fire. However, when you look at Rey, even though it's, it's the left side of her face, which would match up with Kylo Ren, the side of his face that was lit up was that side as well. Uh, it's a constant light and it doesn't have the same flicker to it. So what? I think that that's edited together. And you made a point also that had to do with outfits that ties into that as well. Yeah, and I agree, I agree with you on that point because, and, and it totally kind of debunks some of the points that I had about that. There would be flames behind her too. If there's flames behind him, there'd be flames behind her. Like it wouldn't be like just one-sided where there's only flames behind him, but you know, hey, spin around and there's nothing. It's, it's cool. Why would he not move closer? You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. what is behind her is the rocks from our uh, Arc 2. Mm-hmm. If you look closely, you can see the rocks in the same shape and the color and um, makeup of what the rocks are on Arc 2. And there's nothing like that anywhere near, let alone anything that would be burning from the sky falling down on them at Arc 2. True. In Kylo's version of that. This scene where you see the flames coming down is to me, a scene from the supremacy at the tail end when the flames are coming down and he's reaching out his hand. And I think at this point that could be the Leia scene. It could be, that's how things get, it could, there's a lot of things that could happen there, but that scene right there says, speaks to me on the supremacy when all the flames are coming down and that thing's going down uh, like a Christmas tree. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder if it's, you see all that emphasis on him killing his mother. What if the ship is so messed up and destroyed that it is starting to burn down, and instead of killing her, he decides to go in and save her, and he reaches down for her hand to help save her? What if she like, saves him? Hmm. What if she dies because something like a ship is going down, and she goes down like a princess and saves him, and somehow uses the force to either force push him or do something or cause him to be saved? And it makes him rethink, like, he's already kind of on the fence, and this makes him rethink everything in that process. She goes down like a princess, everybody remembers her because she she saved her kid, and that's how Princess Leia goes out. Well, I tell you, I I think that it's possible. I I don't know that I see her dying in this movie. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to handle it going into episode nine is it just going to be that she dies of natural causes and we open with a funeral i i don't know but i tell you the big thing that i piece together with all of this to me it speaks to the story arc of kylo ren over the course of three movies Mm -hmm. i think that the first movie was very much to establish him as just a rotten evil person he does What's the worst thing that we can possibly have the audience see him do? Kill the guy that everybody loves for for the past since the original movie Han Solo. Oh, I wanted you, to punch him in the face. You show a guy kill Han Solo, you are just, you know, you're the worst, right? The second movie, you're struggling with 
he's struggling with that act and you see that start to crumble and he thought that he would be you know i'm fully dark side here after what i just did but uh i'm still not in that place i think that the story arc is that there's eventual redemption there but for the audience i think that to see him just go to a place where he's fully redeemed and now he's on the light side and and he's good and to see him just say okay you're good now despite all of the terrible things that have happened i think that that's a bit too much so i think that you'll eventually see him uh end the third movie with an act of self-sacrifice that could be so i think he'll die and and not be able to live with himself because he you know he can't escape the demons of what he did uh and he'll sacrifice himself for the greater good and in episode nine. So if Kylo was to kill his father, Han, and that was to complete that phase of his training to go to the dark side, that was basically all it took left. What about the theory that Han killed himself? No. That Han lit up the lightsaber. Nope. Yeah, I don't buy it. Nope. I think that's, that's too much of a, of a stretch. I think that it kind of, um, just narratively, I don't think it, it makes sense in that movie. It, I get where people are coming from with that. I just think it's uh, it's too far-fetched. Yeah, I, it's just it's too hard for me to buy specifically for the theme of the film. And I agree with you, it's a, it's a story of redemption. And they were really going for him being that evil character. They, if you looked at the trailer, and speaking of trailers in general, if you looked at the last trailer, it was very Ray-centric. If you look at the tra- this trailer, it's very Kylo Ren centric. So they're giving you the light and they're giving you the dark, and they're they're gonna let the audience make to- make choices on you know what do you think Ray should do, what do you think Kylo should do. It's gonna be you're, the audience is gonna feel for each one of these characters because maybe Ray does have a choice. Maybe it's very much a Luke decision where she could go to the dark side just as easily as she could go to the light side. She's she's kind of in the mix. Um, Big D, you were talking, and I mentioned earlier about the clothing. If you look at Ray's clothing in the scene that we were discussing between her and Kylo Ren at the tail end, um, she's wearing the uh, the clo- the she's not wearing her Jedi robes. She's wearing the training robes that she had with Luke early on in the movie. So this tells us, or at least kind of kind of gives us a signal that this happens before the Battle of Krayt, and this happens before she gets captured by Snoke. So if they were to splice this. And she's having that conversation where it looks like she's reaching out and having a conversation. It could easily be to Luke on the opposite side. And that's when when she's having trouble and she's trying to find her place in all of this. And this is when he says, you know, the Jedi should die. And he walks out the door and he's like, I'm done. Like, I just can't deal with it. And that's inside that tree when she's having the conversation with him. So I don't again, I don't think that those are together. I don't think that they're having a conversation together. I think it's very spliced. And I, to your credit, I believe that that's exactly how that situation goes down. Um, it's, this whole thing is ambiguous. It's a big question mark. Like, I love it. I think, I think the best part of that, this whole thing is that the internet's talking and everybody's having conversations and everybody has theories. And we're two months away, a little under two months away from this all going down. And I don't think there's going to be another theatrical trailer that's going to be such a big release. I think they're going to cut it at this and call it a day. This movie's two and a half hours long. Uh, we, I pre-bought tickets. I got it all set up for the 14th, 7 o'clock in 3D. My, me and my son are going. I'm super, super excited about it. But two and a half hours is a lot of story to tell. That's a lot. Two hours, 55 minutes. That's a lot longer than most Star Wars. So this. I, no, this is the longest one. There's a lot to say. There is a lot to say. And I think they're going to. I mean. Also, the uh, side note, the conversation we, we were talking about, whether it's Luke is her father or Snoke is her father, she came out and said, for a fact, they are going to give you a backstory on who her parents are and her lineage in this movie. So you will know by the time this is done. And she had said in the previous film, oh, well, I thought it was made pretty clear. So, and people were digging and digging and digging for any type of information. That's where the Snoke theories came out. That's where the, the Luke theories came out. So the, the, we're not just kind of throwing it out there. there. There's credence to the fact that they are going to let us know in this episode where Rey's lineage came from and why she was put on that planet, what exactly happened. And it's probably going to be in some version of the backstory between her and Luke having a conversation like Yoda and Luke had on Tatooine 
kind of basically, hey, this is where I came from. This is what everything's about. Blah 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 blah. That's why I hope that on at a two there there's Yoda and there's Anakin and there's a conversation with even young Ben Kenobi. Well, well you know what, Hugh McGregor's K- Kenobi, but whatever. Like, come, please show some Force ghosts because I'm dying to see Completely some more. Agree. I'm dying to see some more, and I hope that Hayden Christensen was on set, wasn't he? He is. And was. Okay. So I'm I'm kind of hoping that that's the reason why. Like, he has a conversation. I'm actually hoping he has a conversation with, with Ben Solo and is like, hey, listen, dude. I was where you were. Do you not want to do this? It's not a good idea. Like, it's not a great idea. Um, specifically, if he's having a conversation with Leia being around or, or something to that effect. You know what I mean? Like, at the tail end. That would, right. that would be kind of awesome. Um, I don't want to belabor because we're hitting close to that hour mark. Um, but... Final thoughts on the trailer and anticipation for uh, the film to come. Well, for me, visually stunning. Uh, I love it just as much for the information that it gave us as for the information that it didn't give us. I love the fact that we didn't see Canto Bite. We didn't see any of the you know new characters like DJ or um, Laura Dern's character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot that we just didn't sniff at all, which I think is wonderful. I love it. And I love the fact that they're clearly toying with us with misdirection in here. Just, I thought it was great. And to be honest with you, I'm going to try like hell to avoid any more information about the movie between now and then I'm done. I'll, uh, I'll see you on opening night. Fouts. Yeah. I, I couldn't have said it any better. Um, I loved all the misdirection. It may or may not be misdirection. I know the three of us are all perceiving it as mostly misdirection, trying to make us think one thing when really it's probably not going to be anything like what it actually is for the trailers. Yeah, uh, I agree with you, Big D. Um, we haven't even sniffed Benicio del Toro in exactly anything at all. Like he, it's as Still if, have not as, as if he doesn't exist in this movie. Which I'm, I'm like. Wow, like really? We're not even not even like a panned like nothing. Which I think is awesome, first of all, because that character nobody if you're coming off the street and you're not like a diehard Star Wars fan, first of all, you don't even know he's in the movie. Also, not enough not enough Luke. So we know nothing about Luke besides the fact that he's scared and he's a recluse that is now a vagabond on some island that nobody knows about. That's all I know about Luke. Full of porgs. Yeah, full of porgs. Tell me why you're there. Tell me why you're upset. Tell me why you left, which I'm sure we're going to get. We're going to get a, a, a bit of that backstory. And man, it's just the anticipation on how they're going to escort uh, her character out of this movie. I'm I with whatever reverence and believe me, they've been they've been talking about it with halos around it. I'm praying that it, it is it is literally in that way, because I think there'll be a lot of disappointed fans if it's not done with such care. Um, Carrie Fisher deserves that much, at least for her her role in this this series. Uh, and we just don't know where this is going. That's the best part about this. For as much as we know, we know so nothing. We know nothing. Like it's like a bunch of nothing. I don't know if Kyla's good. I don't know if he's bad. I don't know if Ray's good. I don't know if she's going to be trained. I have no idea what's going on with Finn. There's a girl named Rose. The only reason we know about her is because she happened to be at D twenty three. Otherwise, nobody would know she even exists uh, and helps Finn at all. So it's just craziness. And are they going to give Phasma a bit more screen time? Because she just wasn't giving an, given really enough at so. all. So please let her be a major player. Let her be uh, more of like a Boba Fett. Give her, give her some of that, uh, you know, screen time that people have been craving. Because they brought her in from Game of Thrones and everybody was really, really excited. And then they showed her for two minutes. It's like, dude, what happened? Oh, well, they cut my scenes. Really? Because... All the fans started calling out for it, and then all of a sudden you hear in this, well, she's going to have more of a role. Oh, okay, well, I hope so, because everybody was clamoring for it. Please. Um, other than that, uh, I just think that we're excited about the 14th, and for sure we're going to have uh, a spoiler cast, so be prepared. Um, I know Fouts is like determined to have one out within that weekend, so we will have one out. And it's going to happen. Your ears will be burning, so be prepared that when we talk about it, it's going to be with all full guns blazing and full spoilers ahead. Um, and I'm going to take my nine year old, my six year old, well, seven year old at this point, uh, at that point, uh, wants to go. So then my nine year old said, Hey, can we go again if, I, if you're taking him too? So I may end up seeing it twice before that whole weekend's over with. But in any case, we'll talk about it. 
Um, we're super passionate about Star Wars. It bleeds over in a lot of our our casts <laughs> to the to the begridge of uh, a few people on our on our cast. <laughs> uh, but I'm a Star Wars nerd at heart. I love it uh, to death. Um, Big D, where can people find you at? Right, so I'm on Twitter at BigD112358. I'm also one of the admins for a little clan called Uprising Family Gaming, so you can check us out at uprisingfamilygaming.com if you're into Destiny and shooting stuff with fun people. Not so little anymore. Yeah, uh, I guess that's true. We're over around 300 now, right? Yep. Fouts, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at BeefOuts82, and as well as editing the crap out of all of our episodes. Uh, and you can find me at Two Wolves, T-W-O-W-O-L-V-Z-Z. Uh, this is Christopher, and for Geekologist Radio and our second uh, trailer spoiler cast for Star Wars that we swear was supposed to be under 30 minutes and uh, ends up going over an hour as, as per usual. <laughs> oh, our third, yeah, because we talked about... Yeah, the Rogue One. Rogue One. Um, we we swear every time that this is going to be like, oh, it's only going to be to like twenty or thirty minutes, and then a two and a half minute material turns into an hour later. Uh, for Geekologist Radio, Ninja Pan Camp Family, a podcast, uh, we're meowed.